0: Welcome, everyone, to Fellowship Church, but this is a special welcome. We're here in Israel. Is that amazing? We have a wonderful group of people from Fellowship Church, and you know what? We're coming back to Israel next year. It looks like next December, and we're calling the trip Israel 2.0. So, man, once we give the information out, please sign up because uh, this place will change your life. And I've had just a wonderful time in the Holy Land. Behind me is Jerusalem. I mean, are you ready for this view? That's J-Town, as I call it. Uh, Probably the most important city, in fact, I would say the most important city on planet Earth. You know, I was thinking just a couple of days ago about, about different locations. And I've talked to a lot of people on our trip about Their location, in other words, where they're from. And I've asked them about okay, what town were you were you born in? You know, what what town did you grow up? Did you live in? And one day, I don't want to sound morbid, but one day we'll die in a certain place, a certain town. I guess you could say life is made up of three phases, no matter who you are. You've got your birth and you have your life, and then you have your death. Birth life, death. All of us have those three elements. And, and, and we will, and we have been born in a, in a certain town, a certain place, and of course we, we live in a certain place. And then obviously one day we're going to die in a certain place. And as you think about the life of Jesus, because we've been looking at the life of Jesus, we've been walking literally where Jesus walked, and we've been seeing the sights and and, and, and the smells and just catching the whole vibe of this land. And it's, and it's so interesting to see how these spots, so many of them, have been preserved so well. But, but as you think about these things, we, we, we think about the person of Jesus. And Jesus' life can be summed up. Okay, he was born, his birth, right? That would be the first thing. Then you think about his life, his, his experiences, and then his Death. Well, you could take those three elements and apply those to three towns. Have you thought about that? So I'm going to call this the towns of Jesus. The towns of Jesus. Touch somebody and say, I didn't know that Jesus had three towns in his life. Well, he does. He does. Now, the first town of Christ's life was the town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem is basically a 5K from Jerusalem. That's the town where Jesus was born, Bethlehem. We sing, O little town of Bethlehem. That's one one of our favorite carols. We sing it every Christmas Eve, Bethlehem. The name Bethlehem, the town Bethlehem means house of bread. Isn't that interesting? House of bread. The Bible says this, In the book of Micah, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Now, think about this. Micah, this dude is writing prophecy about Jesus 750 years before he was born. Now, again, that's a long time to get that specific about, okay, the Savior of the world is going to be born in a town called Bethlehem. That's what Micah penned. That would be like someone writing, I don't know, in 1268 that the 44th president of the United States would would be from the Queens, New York, and have an orange kind of comb-over look (laughs) with his hair, you know? I'm, I'm serious. Now, in 1268, you're like, what? USA? What are you talking about? Comb over, orange hair, you know, the 44th president. Come on, somebody. Well, well, that's what Micah did. Listen to what he said. Micah chapter 5, verse 2, he says, But you, Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of? Bread. House of bread. All right. Ephrathah. You know what that means? Fields of fruit. So we got Bethlehem, bread, Ephrathah, fields of fruit. Bethlehem, bread. Ephrathah, wine. Hmm. It's interesting. I I think you kind of see it. This is, again, written 750 years before Jesus. But, But you, Bethlehem, though you're small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Read here the preexistence of Jesus. Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, coexistent and co-eternal with the Father. Bethlehem. I mean, can you believe Bethlehem? Bethlehem, Jesus was born in a crib. A crucial relationship. Initiated by spells cribs, the savior, a crib. He became man. I mean, he put flesh on. Dad always says that God walked down the staircase of heaven with a baby in his arms. He was born in the manger. He was born in Bethlehem. That was, that was his town, right? His town. place of bread, a place of wine a little tiny town of Bethlehem. I don't know if you watched some of the election returns recently. You know, that was a, we had a big, a big election cycle, did we not? Did, did you see that? Yeah. Well, that? That was interesting. I, I love to watch some of these, uh, these advertisements and, and, and these commercials and, and these pop-up things, you know, on, on, online, because invariably, no matter if you're, if, if the, candidate is a man, a woman, Democrat, Republican, who cares? They always go for this identification strategy. Have you, have you seen that? I mean, here these people are, many of them, you know, very wealthy, which is fine. They're well-educated and all that, and they'll, 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 they'll don the hard hat, put on maybe the overalls, and clumsily, like, walk on some assembly line, and they mess up, and and they're, they're just posing for the cameras, you know. It's just, it's just a news cycle, or maybe for some commercial. And what freaks me out is to watch the people on the assembly lines. They're like smiling. They're like, oh, my gosh. There's some just crying, going, oh, And I'm thinking, like, these people are just giving you an illusion. They're not really identifying with you. You think they're going to eat in your lunchrooms? You think they're gonna be a part of your union? Are you kidding me? But what do we do? I mean, we're the voters, what do we do? We're the people sometimes on the assembly lines. We settle for an illusion of identification. Just a ruse, just smoke and mirrors. Jesus, when he was born in the manger, didn't settle for an illusion. He didn't pose for the cameras put on a hard hat, overalls, jump on some assembly line. No, 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 no. He became a man. And I don't understand it all. Fully God and fully man. He totally identified with us. He was born in an ordinary piece of farm furniture. In a stable. Have you been into, walked into a barn? The smells and the sounds and I I mean, we're we're talking about germs everywhere. That's where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That's his town, his birth in Bethlehem, just right on the outskirts of of this town. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word, that's Jesus, another name, but for him, the Word. Became flesh and dwelt among us. Became. Became, 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 became. Turn to your neighbor and say, became. Just say that, became. That's huge. Put that in your frontal lobe. Became. Became. He became flesh and dwelt among us. In Bethlehem, he became one of us in his birth. Okay. That's something to remember. Bethlehem. House of bread, Bethlehem, bread and wine. Bethlehem, the tiny town of Bethlehem. That's the first town. The second town in Christ's life, Nazareth. Nazareth. So he became one of us in his birth, and he became one of us in his life. Jesus spent the lion's share of his time in Nazareth. What good comes from Nazareth, man? Nazareth? That's on the wrong side of the tracks, my brother. Nazareth? Are you kidding me? Are you joking me? The Son of God spends most of his time in Nazareth? You know what the name Nazareth means? Separated. It's like, man, Nazareth. Now, some of us are are from some interesting towns, and and, and, and sometimes I'll meet people, and I'll go, where are you from? Oh, well, you've never heard of it. No, seriously, what town? Ah, man, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you, and then they'll spill out where they were born. I mean, I lived in a town in North Carolina, Irwin, North Carolina. Irwin? And then I spent a lot of time in Canton, North Carolina. You know what Canton, North Carolina is known for? A paper mill. There was so much pollution in the air. As a little kid, I would go out in the yard and play. That was, that was back when kids went outside. <laughs> and I would come back inside, and my mother would tell me there was a black film all over my body because of the pollution. So sometimes, I mean, I know Western North Carolina is beautiful. I'm not hating on Canton. But sometimes people go like, where, where did you grow up? Uh, Irwin, North Carolina, and <laughs> Canton. Canton, isn't that the smelly place, that stinky place? That place is awful, man, you know? <laughs> Nazareth? You've got to be kidding. Can- Jesus is from Nazareth? Yeah. Oh my goodness, Bethlehem, then Nazareth. Separated, huh, huh, huh. Well, When he was in Nazareth, as you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you you see he grew up, and you see that he became a carpenter. Now, many times we just skip over that. Think about that. Identification. Jesus was a carpenter. He grew up in a common place with common people. Not the rich and the famous, not the TMZers, Not the A-listers. No, no, no. He grew up as a carpenter. What does it mean, a carpenter? Well, most of us, okay, hammer, nails, whatever. Back in the day, man, it meant you completely took the trade up. You were responsible. This is Jesus now. From the foundation work to the finish out. Jesus understands pay disputes. He understands getting rained out. He understands people who act like jerks. Think about that. The son of God totally identified with us. He spent most of his time in the marketplace. We don't really think of him that way, do we? That's how much God loves you and he loves me. The Bible says, I'll read it again, in John chapter 1, verse 14, the word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. Bethlehem, town one, the house of bread. He became one of us in his birth. Nazareth, town number two. Jesus was separated. He lived in a separated place. He lived a righteous life. Uh, again, I think sometimes we think that Jesus was some pale, frail, decaf-sipping, skinny jeans-wearing white boy. No, no, he was a man's man. I mean, uh, in, in, anybody here wear an Apple Watch? I mean, yeah, a lot of people wear Apple Watches, and have you ever seen how 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 how, how okay? I talked to somebody uh, yesterday who had an Apple Watch. They were telling me how many miles they walked just in this in in, in their day of touring, and they were like, "Man, I walk." miles. And I'm thinking, wow, that's impressive. Just in one of the days, we're going to find out, many times Jesus would walk like 17 miles, 20, 25 miles, up and down. I mean, this guy was in shape, man. He was a man's man. Town 2, Nazareth, totally identified. Town 3 is behind me. Yeah, town 3. You thought I'd never get there. Town 3. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it town three, J-town, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. That's where Jesus died. So you got the cradle, town one. You have the carpenter, oh, this will alliterate, town two. And you've got the cross, town three, Jerusalem. Now, what does Jerusalem mean? It means peace. Peace. I just did a message on peace, I don't know, a couple of months ago. I called it gestures. Peace, peace, peace. Jesus was and is about peace. And you've heard it said, and let me say it again. We'll never have the peace of God until we have peace with God. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He became one of us in death. That's Jerusalem. Peace. The first day we were here... We went out to the Mount of Olives. You remember that? And when you, when you guys travel with us next year, you'll see. The Mount of Olives, I mean, that's where the real battle took place in the life of Jesus. He said, Lord, I mean, he said, Lord, not, not, not my will, but yours be done. That's what he told his father. So, so that was the situation. Then, of course, we know what happened led to his uh, death on the cross and then, of course, his resurrection. But I couldn't help but think when, when I was speaking and, and talking a little bit on the, on the Mount of Olives about Jesus, you know, looking over the city of J Town and, and, and weeping for the unrepentant people of Jerusalem and thinking about the destruction in, 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 in 70 AD and, and, and looking to all of that, I just thought, wow. And so I'm walking back and someone goes, hey, Ed, watch the ants. And there were ants giant, ugly, mean ants just just kind of scurrying around. So I, in my quickness, I just jumped out, out of the way of the ants. But I, I thought about something. This is kind of crude and simplistic, but I thought about something. If I wanted to communicate with one of those ants, I mean, I would have to become an ant. This is my ant face. Think about it. I mean, I can't really communicate or talk. Or have a, you know, a cup of espresso with an ant unless I become an ant. I can't help them carry a little piece of sawdust unless I'm an ant, right? What did God do? I mean, I, what did God do? He saw us. He saw our condition. He knew we needed a Savior, right? Come on. So he became man. And I don't understand it all. The Bible's a book of mystery. Again, he sent Jesus to totally and completely identify with us. So in Jerusalem, we have Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. Right outside of Jerusalem, you could say in Jerusalem, we have the resurrection. So in this town is where it all went down. This microphone, for example. You know, let's say this microphone represents my sin, my chicanery, my moral foul-ups, and and, and here's Jesus. Jesus lived this perfect life, totally identified with you and me, gave his all on the cross, took your sin and mine, just on his life. The moment I pray that prayer of faith... And, and say, Jesus, take it all. Come into my life. I, I, I receive what you did for me on the cross. I know you paid for my sins. Yeah. Is, that, is that amazing? Yeah. Jesus paid for my <laughs> greed and my pride and my lust and my anger and my whatever. Fill in the blank. Jesus paid for that. The moment I make that decision, what happens? It's transferred to Jesus. My guilt for his grace, my sin for the Savior, my mess-ups for the Messiah, right? And look at me now. I'm free. I'm free. And I experience and know the righteousness of Jesus. So when God sees me, he sees the righteousness of Christ, and I experience the peace of God. But it happened, think about it, in this town, Abraham kicked it off, right? He was going to sacrifice Isaac. But we know, of course, Isaac was not going to be taken from us because God continued his plan. A ram was used to substitute for that whole situation. It happened in this town. I, I think about David. He made this town his capital city, didn't he? I think about Solomon building the temple in this town. I I think about the kings in this town, the judges in this town, the prophets in this town, in this town, in this town. I think about this town, you know, losing ground and and being taken captive. Then I think about this town and how people returned. And I think about this town and how Jesus was, was, was here and he Lived and he died and he rose again in this town. This is where, when he ascended from this town, the Holy Spirit came down in this town. The church exploded in this town. You've got men and women of God starting churches in this town, in in this town, and then ultimately in the book of Revelation, John writes that in this town, yeah. Jesus will rule and reign forever and ever. So in this town. So towns matter, don't they? Yeah. Three towns. Man, how many towns do you have in your life? I don't, I don't know. Towns. Bethlehem, Nazareth, and Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Towns, towns, towns. In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul writes, uh, chapter 5, verse 21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might, oh, there's a word again, become, somebody help me here, become, right? Become the righteousness of God. Huh. Jesus paid, let me say it again, for our sins. Yeah. Have you made that decision? Have you said, okay, i received that. Because if you have not made that decision and you clock out of here, you're going to end up in eternity paying on your sins. Does that make sense? Jesus paid for our sins so the work's been done. We either receive it or not. If we say no to that, we're going to pay on our sin. It's not God's will. God doesn't want that, but we're going to pay on our sin forever and ever and ever and that's and that's, you know, just a long long time. So, three phases: birth, life, death. Three towns. Bethlehem, Nazareth, and Jerusalem. Three things you have to do if you want to give your life to Christ. And three things I would challenge you to share with others. First of all, admit that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Number two, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again. And number three, confess that and receive that And once Christ comes into your life, He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You're going to be free. You're going to live forever and ever. And you'll understand what your birth, your life, and your death, and your life forever with Him is going to be about. Let's bow for prayer together. Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your identification. I thank you, God, for, for becoming man, for taking care of our greatest need, which was our separation from you, this cosmic chasm caused by our sin. I thank you. I thank you, God, that I prayed the prayer of faith to receive you into my life. And if you've never prayed that prayer, you might be at one of our prison campuses, you might be in Miami, you could be in Dallas, you could be in Frisco, you could be who knows where, uh, Fort Worth, South Lake, Keller, wherever, whatever. If you've never prayed this prayer, just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. I give it all to you. But Ed, I don't have enough faith, my man. You know what? Doubt and faith run on parallel tracks. You have to make the decision Just say, Jesus, give me the faith, Jesus, to make this faith decision. And he'll do it. You've tried everything else. Try Jesus. But man, you don't realize what I'm into. Hey, you know what? I don't. God does. And he loves you to death. He loves you so much. He sent Jesus down on the cross for your sins. So just simply say, Jesus, I give my all to you. So, Lord, we thank you that we're here for just a short time. We thank you that we'll live forever. But, God, may we make every moment count, no matter what town we're in, for you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name.